Welcome to Days of Update for October 23rd, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Jan Red Victoria. And yeah, we've got a big week of news here as Konami finally stopped pulling a Lucy mm-hmm. uh, with the Silent Hill franchise, uh, announcing, you know, skateboards and such that none of their fans care about. Uh, they finally announced some games here. We'll tell you about that stuff here in a bit. Uh, Resident Evil followed them up with some news of their own. Uh, that was pretty good stuff. Uh, and then we got other news around uh, the industry. Two of the upcoming Trails games have release dates or time periods uh, to talk about. Uh, we finally know more about when the DualSense Edge is coming out, as well as some subscription news and some other uh, shenanigans going on with the indus- in the industry. As always. <laughs> Before we do that, we will get to uh, what we've been playing here, and I'll kick it off. Uh, first off, uh, I've been playing some Assassin's Creed Syndicate, uh, since mm. that was on the recent batch of PlayStation Plus titles. Mm. And I very much specifically noted on the PlayStation blog, like the PS4 uh, versions of Assassin's Creed Syndicate, and I think two of the uh, side games that they did. Mm. Uh, had issues on the PS5, so they weren't available directly on the PS5. So mm. I just used the web store to grab them and add them to my account. Mm-hmm. Uh, download them on my PS5. Uh, so far, I've played Syndicate uh, a good bit of it, a few hours of it. Mm. I definitely see why they say that, because the lighting in sunny weather just flickers constantly. Mm. Uh, as you're looking around, you'll see just the, the sunlight sort of flickering in and out constantly. Uh, that can definitely be an issue for people with, uh, uh, you know, light sensitivity, uh, that kind of stuff, mm. uh, any sort of issues like that. So definitely something to be aware of. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, since I do not have any issues with that, mm. uh, at least at the moment, uh, I've been playing it. Uh, liking a lot. It's, you know, very classic style Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Uh the the hook here is that it's set in uh, London uh, and sort of the boom of the industrial age mm-hmm. uh, as uh, London's not having a great time uh, where yep. uh, there is one man essentially running the entire city, mm-hmm. uh, hands and everything, you know, has gangs helping to keep his power in check, mm-hmm. uh, you know, child labor. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Yep. All that sort of shit going on. Uh, so uh, you're playing the twins, Jacob and Evie Fry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can swap between them at any point, really. Just pause and hit uh, the R3 button mm. to swap between them. Uh, weirdly enough, they have the same skill tree as far as I can see, but you get separate points to spend. Yeah. So, when, so if you're just playing with the Eevee and you get points... Uh, next time you switch over to Jacob, they'll have uh, those points to spend as well for upgrades mm. for largely the same things for what I've been doing. Mm. Uh, but yeah, once you get out of the first two sequences, uh, those are sort of introductory for each of the characters to be like, ah, oh, Jacob, Jacob likes to beat up guys and Evie likes to sneak around and mm-hmm. stab him in the back kind of thing. Mm. Uh, but also... Uh, there are a bunch of free DLC for this game. Uh, so you can kind of get mm. some items and such to start with uh, to help you get a little bit of a boost mm. uh, for that. And I think there's two, like, uh, or I have two, like, story missions that are mm. going to be available at some point. Uh, but yeah, liking this a lot. Uh, it's a nice kind of change the pace coming back to this kind of. Assassin's Creed versus, you know, Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla. They're all just kind of open world, big sneaky games. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, you know, this is centered in a city. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least so far it has been. Uh, but yeah, you're kind of going around these different districts, taking on activities that will free up that uh, section of the district. Uh, and then you no longer have to see, you know, the bad gang, uh, they call them the blighters. Uh, you'll see less of them around. And then you have more of your group called the Rooks uh, that you can recruit to help you out in fights 
uh, that kind of stuff. Though I've had had too much trouble to need to mess around with that stuff. Uh, though they are nice when you kind of run into some bad guys on a street and instead of fighting them, you can just send these guys around to do your dirty work for you. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of a, a neat, a neat thing. Like the yeah. closest they've had to that was like in brotherhood where you would have like a crew, but you would just offhand and just like whistle and the guys would come out and assassinate, you know, dudes you would be pointing at mm-hmm. kind of thing where this is more straight up having some people following you around to, to, to do some, some good gang stuff, I guess. Oh yeah. Uh, to try to liberate London. Mm-hmm. As you're also searching for pieces of Eden and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, you kind of get a lot of stuff there. It's it's fun. Uh, still a lot of a lot of icons on the map, though. You can also pay for uh, other maps to add more to the the bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've seen like pressed flowers and rare bottles of beer and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I guess I guess this is a thing I can go run around and get. Yep. Uh for whatever reason, but yeah, that's uh that's that. Uh definitely a game people should check out. Yeah. Uh let's see. Another one I've got recently, Rune Factory for special, uh for mm-hmm. the Switch. Uh which is, you know, in a farming sim slash action RPG game. Mm. Uh this one decides to go all in on the RPG tropes mm. as your character uh sort of falls off of this aircraft. Uh, manage to survive it somehow, uh, but in the process, you lose your, all your memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, your amnesia, and you're greeted by this like dragon. That's one of the the four big dragons in the world that controls some aspect of life in the world, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, oh, you're a prince. And you're like, I don't know, I have amnesia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, oh, I'm sure of it. And then you find out, no, they're not the prince, but uh, the prince that does show up kind of doesn't want to do it so like ah, yeah. oh, you can do it then uh and so yeah you're uh trying to do you know lots of jobs you get uh from the townsfolk uh i'm on yeah. an annoying one where i have to get everybody up to relationship level one from zero and there's like two that i have no clue where they're at uh to go and do anything for them uh, so that's kind of annoying. I don't think it has any any like quality of life stuff like uh, Potion Permit does. Like in that one, you have a dog and you just say like, hey, go find this person and you follow them around to go find that person. Whereas here, it's like, I, I don't know who these two are. I'm just going to have to Google where the who they are and where they usually hang out. Uh, so that's kind of a, an annoying point, but everything else has been pretty good. The, the farming stuff is pretty uh, simple. Uh, still working on unlocking more things. I'm about to hit uh, a special festival called uh, was it like Bean Throw Festival or something like that? Some sort of bean thing that they explained the rules and I was like, what the hell is this? Uh, literally people are just going to throw beans at me and I have to dodge the bad ones and catch the good ones for the most points and sometimes people throw like shitty meals at me that will erase all my points. I don't know what the hell is going to go on there, but I guess that's a thing I have to deal with. But uh, the action's pretty solid uh, out in the dungeon stuff. I managed to beat the first boss like a couple tries. Uh, and then that boss turned into a person that hangs out in the village now. So that's a weird thing. Uh, but now I'm going towards the the next uh, dungeon, which I mean, got into the dungeon itself without you know fighting a bunch of enemies first. So, still working my way through it uh, in the early parts of the game, but uh, liking a lot so far. Uh, it's a nice, nice one of those to have on a Switch uh, for when I'm out and about uh, running some errands and stuff. Got some downtime, so yeah, there's that. Uh, the other game, still been playing Costume Quest 2. I've been streaming that, streaming that the other day, as I am a good ways into that game. Kind of still waiting to uh, get some more time to stream, but uh, still liking it a lot. They do a lot of good uh, improvements over the original. You can skip a lot of the battle animations, so you don't have to sit around and 
uh, watch the the same special animations over and over again, that kind of stuff. But that's been pretty good. Uh, maybe the the one issue is that there is an achievement that's basically going to require its own playthrough if I want to get it, uh, which is for having one character wear the uh, candy corn outfit, which just means when you go into battle, they're a giant piece of candy corn that can't do anything. Uh, it's kind of just a bait uh, for enemies just to get aggro from the other, uh, whoever, whatever enemies, enemies you're fighting. So mm-hmm. uh, it's literally titled hard corn di- uh, mode, hard corn mm-hmm. mode. So yeah, maybe I'll do a second run through for that. Uh, but uh, yeah, everything else is pretty doable. So there's that and Rocket League is the last game I'm playing. Uh, they got their Halloween event going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got some neat bonus things to unlock. Mm-hmm. I got some weird skins that are uh, modeled after uh, Jigsaw from the Saw movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've got like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre skin for a car, which is, you know, looks like uh, skin stapled together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, very appealing. Uh, and some other just more lighthearted Halloween stuff, but I think they also got some paid stuff from some of those kinds of movies yeah. for people that want to do that. So, uh, yeah, been enjoying that. Uh, look forward to putting some more time into that. Uh, but yeah, that's been pretty much it for me. So how about you, Brandon? Uh, well, as for me, I'm still playing Cyberpunk 2077. Um, and uh, among other things I did in that game, I recently managed to get uh, Johnny's old band back together to have a one-off gig at the Red Dirt, which is this old-ass bar that's out in the boonies in Night City, uh, where the band first started. Um, and because of that, I'm also now doing uh, side missions for some of the band members, um, typically with Carrie Uridine, the guy who was the other singer and guitar player for the band along with Johnny and uh, him basically just really pissed off about the fact that this group of this, like this uh, Japanese pop trio has apparently decided to, to steal one of his songs. Um, And so he uh, decides to react very, you know, sanely by deciding to blow up their touring truck. Um. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's pretty much that. Um, there were some other side missions as well. Uh, so, like, when you first start this game, one of the first things you come in contact with is this uh, taxi service called Delamain, which is basically run by, like, this AI. Um, it's like a luxury tax service that, like, the big corpos use. And uh, after, like, that mission happens and, like, the game proper starts, he ends up contacting you again um, during the point when uh, you're trying to get your old car back. And he tells you, yeah, I got this issue. Um, the sort of AIs that I also use that help pilot the other cars have kind of branched off and decided to become their own thing. So now you basically have to go around Night City and find like the other car eight. I think it's how many is it? It's like seven or eight other cars that he uses, and uh, it's hilarious because all of them have essentially grown like these weird, different personalities. There's this one guy who's uh, there's one who is basically suicidal and trying to drive off a bridge. There's one who's basically just decided that it's going to run over anything and everything that exists. And there's another one that is basically just GLaDOS. <laughs> Literally, with the same voice actor and everything and references to how the cake is all gone. Um, but, uh, yeah, that that whole um, little uh, storyline is weirdly deep and also very funny and also kind of frustrating because some of these cars really hide themselves. One of them actually hides themselves out in the middle of the junkyard that's like outside of Night City and it's kind of hard to track them down. Uh, And then there's also one that hides out in this old like factory town and it's hiding like in between some of the old buildings. Um, But uh, 
yeah, other than that, um, I am also still playing Scorn and sort of slowly chipping away at that one. Um, like I said last time, probably the big issue with this game is the fact that because everything is just so alien, the mechanisms and the puzzles and stuff that this that this game presents you is very trial and error, sort of. Um, and it's not easy, really, to interpret it. Even when you can see that the game is trying to sort of point you in a specific direction, it doesn't really do a good job of sort of communicating what exactly it's trying to tell you, especially since there's no dialogue in this game whatsoever. Um, it also doesn't help the fact that some of these puzzles actually have, like, more than one way to solve them. So, yeah, but... um. That's basically what I've been playing. So, Dan Red, what about you? Yeah, um, I haven't been playing anything, um, you know, uh, brand new or anything. The game I've been playing is A Plague Tale Innocence. Um, I'm trying to, uh, you know, get through this one so I can go ahead and try Requiem, which came up. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get into A Plague Tale Requiem, which is on um, Xbox Game Pass right now. But, um, yeah, I'm finally trying Innocence. I've heard a lot of great things about it, and... Like, now that I'm playing it, I'm actually having kind of a rough time, but one thing that I am surprised about is this game is gorgeous. Like, this is an incredibly sad story. Mm-hmm. Um, but the world is, like, you know, fantastic. You know, unfortunately, you know, it, it takes place in, like, what, the, the 1700s when the plague happens, of course, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's reminiscent of The Last of Us, where it's like, you know, you want to live there, but you also don't, because... Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, uh, I haven't gone too far yet. I've gone through, like, the first boss, and there's definitely more gameplay than I thought there'd be. Like, it's, um, I didn't expect it to be, like, sort of a, uh, a stealth action game, which it very much is, and, um, I've had a few issues with, with some of the puzzles, and, like, the bosses are harder than I thought they would be, but so far, it hasn't been, like, unfair. So, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's tough to say that I'm enjoying my time. I thought I'd be further and probably like near done, but I'm not anywhere near that. And I'm wondering if the sequel is going to be much more of the same or if they actually build off of it. But um, so far, like, you know, there, there, there's nothing there to make, make me stop. And I'm planning on continuing uh, as soon as, uh, you know, I have some time later tonight. But that's about it for me. All right. So let's get to some news here. Mm-hmm. And first up, we got some subscription news. Yeah, uh, Microsoft posted their uh, Game Pass lineup for the rest of the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a couple of things here kind of overlapping. There's a Plague Tale Requiem came out a few days ago mm-hmm. uh, for people to check out. Uh, let's see, also available as of uh, this podcast, there's Amnesia Collection, mm-hmm. uh, which is the first two games, mm-hmm. or three. I guess there was mm-hmm. a smaller... One called uh, Amnesia Justine. Mm. Uh, so they're something to check out, as well as Amnesia Rebirth, the uh, newest game that uh, features a pregnant woman mm-hmm. as the main uh, protagonist. So mm. there you go with that. Uh, also available, Phantom Abyss. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentioned that last week. Uh, the uh, first person sort of temple uh, runner kind of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're running through these temples to collect, you know, relics and points and all this kind of stuff as you try to get to the uh, the main hidden relic at the end, and then running back out as the the phantom is chasing you uh, mm-hmm. out of the temple. And then supposedly, if you do that, then that's the last run that is done in that particular uh, seed for the mm-hmm. temple. Uh, we also available Soma. Mm-hmm. Uh, another uh, game in the the vein of like an amnesia. Yeah, from the same company. <laughs> yeah, uh, from that first game. Uh, but more sci-fi focused. Yeah, and legitimately terrifying in like far more ways than you would think a game could be. Yeah. Uh, that's a game that for me, I tried to stream one Halloween a couple years ago and couldn't even get out of the first room. So I couldn't yeah. figure out what the hell I was supposed to do. You were so that supposed be... to throw something at the window and break the glass. Yeah, I don't think I ever picked that up. Uh, 
and the game doesn't do a great job, be like, hey, you should try this. Uh, it seems like if you just miss the prompt or whatever sign you're supposed to get, it's just like, ah, fuck you. Mm. Uh, so I ended up just playing some, I think, Alien. Mm. Uh, the first person one, so... Uh, uh, let's see, what else is available? Persona 5 Royal. Yep. Uh, if you are a Persona fan and somehow didn't get the the PlayStation, yeah. you have a chance to play it. Yeah, and it's actually better than the first version, I've been told. Yeah. It's got more stuff. There's a new character, new storylines, new dungeons, an extended ending, a new final boss battle, all kinds of new stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's out on the Xbox Switch, uh, mm-hmm. Steam, and I think uh, PlayStation 5. Yep. No free upgrade, though, because mm. why would you uh, not? Why would you give that away for free? Mm-hmm. Uh, when there's not really any changes to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Coming up here in the near future, there's Frog Detective, the entire mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's all three of the... Frog Detective Games, mm. October 27th. That's on PC only. Mm. Uh, those are supposed to be pretty cute, uh, cutesy kind of you know, mystery-solving games. Uh, let's see. Gunfire Reborn for console and PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, a level-based adventure game featuring FPS action, roguelike gameplay, and RPG elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one we're playing as one of six furry heroes mm-hmm. uh, with their own unique skills and such. And uh, you get loot out of it to upgrade your character and you know, try to keep uh, getting better stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one here is Signalis. Uh, the on October twenty seventh, console and PC. Yeah, uh, that's sort of a uh, survival horror. Yeah, kind of retro esque. Yeah, definitely one of the recent indie games I've been uh, anticipating. Yeah. Because uh, it's, uh, I just love its aesthetic. Yeah, looks pretty neat. Yeah, uh, I think that is it. Here, they do also mention that I think this was like an unannounced game that got added, Coral Island, mm-hmm. uh, for PC and game preview, which is a farm sim, as you can guess, yeah. based on a like tropical island. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one I've been wanting to check out. Just haven't had the time. Mm-hmm. started up yet on PC. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Uh, some neat stuff to check out if you haven't mm-hmm. done so. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online plus Expansion Pass is getting another game soon, actually two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario Party and Mario Party 2 coming out the same time on November mm-hmm. 2nd. I guess they're just blowing their wad right there. Yep. Uh, instead of giving people time to... Uh, wear out Mario Party, though Mario Party is kind of the worst game for the Switch. Yes, you it destroy is. your analog sticks. Uh, 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 play Mario Party. Yeah, that's where you're gonna have to get the go out and buy some third party pads mm-hmm. just for Mario Party. Uh, Mario Party Two isn't quite as bad with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mario Party loves to have games based around swirling sticks as fast as possible. Mm. Uh, so much so that it. Caused a lot of kids' hands to get uh, red uh, marks mm-hmm. on them that maybe took days to heal because mm. they're essentially just destroying the skin in their the palm of their hands. So, yeah, there yeah. you go. Screw you if you uh, uh, wanted to keep your uh, switch in good condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there you go. That's available November second. So you got some. Time for you know the Thanksgiving holiday mm-hmm. uh, and weekend and all that uh, to play with uh, people. Mm-hmm. Maybe subject them to fifty turn games if you really hate them so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there you go. And we got some dates coming up, though nothing for the rest of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, first up here, the Dual Sense Edge finally got uh, a launch date, January twenty sixth, twenty twenty three. That's a global launch for that. Yep. Uh, they'll be starting pre-orders on October 25th here on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. As uh, I think the PlayStation Direct site will be one of those mm-hmm. uh, as well. So uh, you can get it direct from PlayStation. If you have PS Plus, you get free shipping. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so it gets uh, it a little bit quicker. Yep. Than you would otherwise. So it's uh, and the replaceable stick modules will be available from you know the PlayStation Direct site. Uh, and the U.S., U.K., France, Germany, Netherlands, Belgium, and Luxembourg, uh, starting January 26, 2023, will be offered yeah. at other participating retailers starting February 23, 2023. Yeah. Uh, the controller, too, is included in that. So it's a PlayStation Direct exclusive for the launch. Yeah. Then a month later, you can get it at other retailers if you want to get it there. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, BF. It is going to be $199.99, an expensive controller in line with what the Elite has been priced at. Uh, Let's see, what else do you get in the box? Besides the controller, you get a USB braided cable, two Mm -hmm. standard caps, two high dome caps, two low dome caps, two half dome back buttons, Mm -hmm. two lever back buttons, a connector housing, and a carrying case. And I believe you can charge it in that case as well. Mm. Uh, so, some pretty decent stuff there. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a lot of money. It's uh, a little bit more than the most recent Elite, which has not uh, been upgraded in any way for the series controllers, I believe, mm-hmm. or the series consoles. Uh, so there's still room for them to announce a Series 3. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the Series 2 and the Series 1, for those have had... Uh, quality control issues is a lot of people yeah. have had issues with you know certain buttons stopping uh, functioning uh, as well as like maybe the the handles on the controllers kind of you know wearing off the glue on there all that kind of stuff and they've said with their most recent batch of elite controllers that uh, they are improving the quality control mm-hmm. so we'll see if that's the case and here will be also a big uh, concern for some people have had issues with their dual sense ed, uh, dual senses wearing out. I've been pretty lucky in that department. I have mm-hmm. four of them, and they've all been pretty good. Uh, but I'm curious to see how uh, things are looking with this one. Although I'm not going to touch it at that price. I hope the people that do want that kind of thing uh, enjoy it. All right. Yeah, the neat thing looks like uh, the touchpad has uh, the face buttons uh, symbols etched into it. Mm-hmm. That looks pretty neat. So yeah, there you go, the Dual Sense Edge. Yes, it, it, it looks cool. Um, definitely excited for people that actually want this. Uh, obviously, for two hundred dollars, it's not my cup of tea, especially since I don't think there's anything wrong with the current Dual Sense package. Uh, the protector looks cool, but other than that, I I, I don't see myself getting this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean the the Xbox uh, Pro controller or whatever it's called um, breaks pretty easily. So I hope this isn't the case with this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully that is the case. Uh, but yeah, there you go. You get to start pre-ordering that here in a couple days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to the next big uh, thing here on uh, the list, the Legend of Heroes: Trails to Azure mm-hmm. is. Launching March 14th, 2023. Yep. In uh, North America, it's the 17th in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the follow-up to, wait, Trails from Zero? Mm-hmm. Follow-up here? Yep. Yeah, that'll be, let's see, PS4, Switch, PC on Steam, Epic Games Store, and GOG mm. uh, for that. So, yeah, similar to uh, the last game they put out, it's very much a... PSP port. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be in line with those kind of graphics. Yeah. So you got a lot of uh, characters and sprites. Mm-hmm. Uh, some 3D environment stuff. Yeah. Uh, not too much. It looks like they also have like a puzzle mode. Yep. Yeah. It's... Definitely. I very specifically remember that in uh, Trails, Trails from Zero because uh, the one of the one of the hacker guys that you end up getting uh, help from is like really into this puzzle game, and I'm pretty sure that same puzzle game is something you can play in the last uh, Cold Steel game as well. Yeah, I believe that's a uh, pom pom party. Yep. Yeah. Um. 
that was the, the, those were actually a whole bunch of side quests in Shadow of Cold Steel Four. And like once you got to like the end of all those side quests, it got it got really really hard. Like if you didn't know how to do the the linking, you'd have to uh, rely sometimes. And I don't know. Um, I found it to be a lot of fun. But um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, this is a release we're incredibly excited for. Um, I think uh, it's it's launching at a at, at a pretty solid place. I mean, I hope it would come out a little earlier, but. Um, you know, April is still, you know, beginning of the second quarter of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the, the next announcement is one that uh, is, 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 is even more interesting. But this one, yeah. um, even though it's a PSP game, I think it's more of a port of the, uh, of the PC version. Just because the one that we just had was also a port of the PC version. So I expect it to look a little bit better visually or, if, if anything, like on par with what we had with Trails uh, from Zero. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like my, my main issue with the game, if you want to call it that, is um, with the amount of time we've waited, especially knowing that the GeoFront did the translation, mm-hmm. um, we get English voice acting. Uh, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. But again, it's nothing wrong here with an anime game, so why not? But yeah, mm-hmm. And they do mention here that uh, if you've beaten Trails from Zero, which you probably should, mm-hmm. uh, you can import your save data. Uh, to get some additional event scenes and new scenes. I was doing the same from uh, Azure to Reverie mm-hmm. uh, for similar bonuses. So you get that kind of stuff there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, speaking of that, The Legend of Heroes Trails into Reverie doesn't have a date just yet, but they are saying summer 2023 mm-hmm. uh, in the West for PS5, PS4, Switch, and PC. So they're going to do a PS5 version of this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so basically this is the game that is supposed to sort of bridge uh, the sort of stories between Cold Steel and the Kuro no Kiseki, which is the next sort of major arc in the series. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, as, as Brandon said, like, it, it, it's pretty much a bridge, a bridge game. Uh, mm-hmm. So thing about this one is that um it has three main heroes and yeah. unlike you know fire emblem uh it's called three heroes right yeah uh, fire emblem three houses three houses there you go unlike fire emblem three houses like you don't have to beat it three times so you yeah. know you beat a chapter as uh reen from cold steel you beat a chapter as lloyd from uh the crossbow games and you beat a chapter as uh, someone named c and like mm. yeah you can't move forward until you beat the rest. So you're actually seeing the, seeing the game from the perspective of all these characters. And that's going to make it an interesting dynamic. Because I, I heard or read that there's going to be like 50 playable characters in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. So that makes it quite wild. Like if we thought Show the Cold Steel 4 was like the Avengers Endgame of the series, this might take it up to a whole nother level. Mm. Um, what is interesting, as Chris mentioned, is that it's getting a PS5 version. Um, I'm pretty sure this game did not get a PS5 version in Japan. Um, so it makes me wonder like whether we should even try for that version if it's even going to be like because you know this is obviously like upper end PS3 graphics maybe like you know a little little bit of PS4 but these games have never been known for their visual power or any sort of way to like take advantage of the technology that's not what trail but yeah I wonder like what kind of incentive there'd be to get it on the PS5 aside from maybe loading speed um because obviously we just talked about you know, trails to azure having um this uh, using, using the save the save data from uh, trails from zero mm-hmm. and yeah, like once this game comes out i won't know whether i want to get it on switch ps5 or ps4 like i really don't know mm. yeah it could be just like what they're doing with the uh the east games are putting this east nine is getting a ps5 version sometime mm. in the near future yep and people are like it doesn't seem like it's going to be free for PS4 owners. Mm. Uh, it seems like they're just going to want you to spend another 60 bucks on a game that's probably not going to improve that much mm-hmm. uh, over what you had on PS4 uh, for that. So I'm thinking they're just probably getting their their tools ready to make PS5 versions. Mm-hmm. Why not do it for some of these older ports? Because uh, that's easy money for the people that just spend money regardless. Mm. So, yeah, that's uh, kind of Falcom's thing right now. It seems to be they're trying to be on current platforms instead of sticking with the old ones like they have mm-hmm. been. 
uh, with a bunch yeah. of these games. I think it's more of a Nisa thing, but either way, you know, they might as well do that just because, you know, these games come out towards the end of the lifespan for the, for the platforms anyway. They might as well try, try to be current somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the, the PS4 versions don't get all of the upgrades that, like, the Switch and PC versions have been getting for some of these. Mm. So that might be their whole thing. Is like, well, there's a shiny PS5 version, uh, mm. at least for this one here. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Some trail mm. stuff to keep an eye on for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's get to some industry news. Uh, the 21 testers at Blizzard Albany, formerly... Mm-hmm. Vicarious Visions have won their uh, little uh, tiff with them over to the National Labor Relations Board, mm-hmm. who has you know ruled that they can uh, vote to unionize. Mm-hmm. Uh, Activision Blizzard had been opposing the move, basically saying that oh the the rest of the developers at the studio should be included in this vote. Mm. Uh, because, you know, they should have a say as well. It's like, oh, maybe they should if they all want to vote for union, but uh, that's just stalling tactics for Activision's part. Uh, but yeah, in this case, it didn't work. The NRB is ruling. Mm. Today clears the path for workers to vote to on uh, forming a union. Mm-hmm. Uh, disagreeing with Activision's claim that we believe every employee in Albany who works on Diablo should have a direct say in this decision. Uh yeah, they got the, the ruling here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had been, uh, let's see, yeah, ballots will be sent out October 27th here, so later this week. Mm-hmm. The vote's being counted on November 18th next month, so we should hear word of how that turned out. Uh, but yeah, let's see, a current employee at the studio, though not one of the testers involved in the vote, mm-hmm. said here, it's about time. Our QA testers are some of the most talented and skilled people working in our company, and they are critically undervalued by corporate. I think that all games workers need a union, but QA is especially in dire need. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, they did get a response from Activision Blizzard, uh, particularly yeah. from their new executive vice president, Lulu Cheng Maserve, mm-hmm. uh, who's also their corporate affairs and chief communications officer, responding on internal, yeah, to the finding on internal communications. Mm-hmm. writing, hey, all quick heads up on something important. It's a long one, but want to be thorough, so thankful for bearing with me. This mm. afternoon, the NLRB determined that the 20 QA uh, testers working at, on Diablo in Albany will be eligible to form a union. Mm. If the union wins the votes, will be included in the bargaining union. Uh, the, where the company stands on that, fully respects the NLRB process, mm. was towards the company's rights to choose how they want to be represented. Also has the view that people who work closely together should be able to make decisions like that collectively. Mm-hmm. I.e., we disagree that a handful of employees should get to decide for everyone else on the future of the entire Albany-based Diablo team, which that's not what they're doing. Mm. Uh, they're voting for the testers themselves. Mm. Uh, we think a direct dialogue between company and employees is the most pro- productive route. And he goes on for a good bit, but we have more on this dude. Uh, because he is their newest exec, and he has just been basically shitposting constantly on this entire process. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, that was the the Slack message, where one party says, we feel collective bargaining is comparatively slow. Once agreement is in place, it takes over a year on average, according to Bloomberg analysis. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see, during the long contract negotiations, labor law forbids companies from giving any pay bonus benefit increases without a special arrangement with the union and the mm-hmm. Bureau of Labor Statistics has reported that non-union employees generally get larger pay raises than union represented groups. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah. Uh, but also I don't believe there's a law that forbids them from doing bonuses for people in active negotiation for union stuff. Uh, Cause presumably you would be negotiating for terms higher than that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, there's, People have screen capped this whole message here and all that. Uh, yeah, it came right after the workers' initial victory at a Blizzard Albany. Mm. Uh, but yeah, let's see. As the Washington Post, uh, Shannon Liao uh, reported, despite survey calling for direct dialogue with employees rather than through a union, mm. was never prevented from directly commenting in the channel. Mm. So instead, she was met with negative emojis. 
Yeah. Uh, I can hear the booing from here. My survey responded according to Liao. Yeah. And have registered disappointing dog, disappointed dog emojis. Mm-hmm. But the boos persisted on social media as the interaction made the rounds on Twitter. LOL just found out that Substack's right-wing PR hack left to go union busting for Activision Blizzard. Uh, digital creator, media creator Matt Binder wrote in a mm-hmm. quote tweet of the Oz report about the exchange. Mm-hmm. The survey responded, okay, wait, no. He quote retweeted this, what makes you right-wing? Uh, I know. No, they, they responded, I'm curious what makes me right-wing. Mm-hmm. Or is it not meant to be literal, but just an insult for defending the company's position that employees should consider reasons they might want to stay independent instead of mm-hmm. becoming union members? My binder said, what makes you right-wing? The quote of my tweet you're responding to is a great example. Mm-hmm. Here it is again in screenshot form in case you need a reminder. Uh, then they responded again. Uh, oh, Lulu might be a, a woman. Okay. Uh, what part is right-wing? Genuinely curious. Or do... You mean that left wing is associated with unions, and so anything question, anything questions unions is therefore right wing. Mm. Uh, G said yes, correct. Mm. Uh, or no, this guy, Defector co-founder Tom Lay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, let's see. Somebody else responded. It's very funny to be an executive at a fifty billion dollar company and say you're genuinely curious that there's something political about opposing unionization. Mm. And they, and they uh, quote tweeted saying we're closer to $60 billion. Mm. Was like, Which is still $10 billion less than after that suit was settled. So, yeah, it's like, that's still the point. You're an absurdly uh, rich company. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, there's some more here as well, mm. but that's kind of a general thing. Like this person seems to be pretty shitty. And apparently they were, uh, in similar position with Substack, which is sort of a uh, a blogging company of sorts, mm-hmm. uh, one that I think you can like subscribe to people uh, directly to support them, uh, kind of thing. So mm. that's kind of hilarious to have a, a person that worked at a company like that apparently ran themselves out of that company, mm-hmm. so they decided to go to Activision Blizzard to uh, essentially ship post about unions. Mm-hmm. Uh, potentially forming at their company. So great. Just more people that need to be told to fuck off at this mm-hmm. company. So there you go. That's all the, the Activision Blizzard shit for the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have another update on the Bayonetta voice actor controversy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. The The most disappointing thing is people have been harassing Various parts of this on Twitter. I'm just like, yeah, stop doing that fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Even if they were intentionally doing something bad, which I don't think like Jennifer Hale was doing anything. She was, you know, auditioning for a role that was put up for uh, auditioning. I don't think they mm-hmm. told her all the details. Uh, so, like, I don't think any back voice actors are put in a position where, like, yeah, I'm going to steal that person's job, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ben uh, Bloomberg apparently got some uh, information from Platinum Games uh, about this to give out their side of this whole situation, uh, suggesting that uh, that I guess there was two offers. One that was just four thousand dollars for a session uh, to do all of the voice acting, and one that was supposedly somewhere between three thousand and four thousand dollars per hour. Uh, per four-hour session for at least five recording sessions for, you know, about fifteen dollars to $20,000. Uh, Jason Schreier reviewed this stuff, supposedly, and verified that that's what that seemed to suggest. Uh, who knows if that's the, the offer that was actually made to her or whatever. Um, let's yeah. see. Uh, supposedly, she requested a six-figure fee as well as the residuals for her work on Bayonetta 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, Taylor, Helena Taylor seemed to stick by her account of what transpired. At, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, saying that uh, the anonymous sources account was an absolute lie, attempt at trying to save their ass and the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's the, 
And she, at this point, seems to be like, she said what she said. And she's just trying to move on. Because obviously nothing's really going to change. It's not like they're going to be like, ah, we'll bring her in to do voice work. It's like, it's too late. Game's out this week. Uh, so now she's basically had people digging into Twitter histories for all these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Jennifer and Helena and finding anything that justifies them being shitty to these people. Yeah. So great job. Internet. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously a shitty situation all around. Um, you know, I am all for making sure that, you know, people are getting their equal wages, but at the same time, like, you know, you really have to know what you're doing, especially if you're going to try to voice out, uh, no pun intended in, in regards to something like this. Um, I'm not saying it's right, but to expect residuals in this industry is uh, way beyond wishful thinking. So, um, you know, good luck there. But, you know, uh, Trier is someone who has always been reliable with his research, with his sense of journalism. He's not here just to get a story out. He's the guy is looking for the truth, and he has no reason to lie about this. So, you know, um, if I were to pick a side, it would be, like, with here and you know my main thing again is like you know knowing your audience and at the same time like you know just don't disrespect the people you're trying to talk to and that's kind of what taylor did like if she's gonna lie about the four thousand dollars or you know try to um make us think she was only offered four thousand dollars when she was really offered a whole lot more then you know like how can she get the respect that she's demanding or deserving from the player? And, you know, coming back and saying, oh, the game is just trying to save itself. Like, this is a game that plenty of people have pre-ordered already. This is a game that uh, people have been waiting years and years for, you know, more information for. It's going to sell well. And, you know, um, had, what she's, had what she's been saying was totally true with nothing with nothing being hidden, you know, she'd have a case here for going ahead and uh, boycotting, you know, you know, the game and whatnot. But the fact, or not the fact, but the possibility of knowing that there's more behind the scenes here and that she was offered more. And again, I'm not saying what she was offered was fair, but if she's, you know, purposely hiding something and all of a sudden failing to comment on it, no, it's rough. Like, yeah, you have your NDAs, but, you know, you already, like, kind of bossed it there, and it's just tough to take her side, especially knowing that, you can, we can say she's a respected voice actress, but you look at her video gameography, and there's really not much there aside from Bayonetta. Like, yeah, she is Bayonetta, and at the same time, should you really be um, bad-talking like the, the other person that took the role? I mean, Jennifer Hale is a well-respected person in the industry and part of the, and part of the union. So it's, it's, it's messy all around. You know, I wish things turned out to be better, but I'm also tired of talking about it. Yeah. Seems like a, a situation. I don't know all the details still at this point. No, very much could be just Helena negotiating things. Uh, things didn't go her way, uh, which is fine. Sometimes you just start with a high offer to work your way down. Uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, but who knows? Splatoon Games definitely isn't going to like admit to fucking up on this. Mm-hmm. That's not how they're going to frame it. Uh, but yeah, also, the person that kind of comes out of this the shittiest is just Hideki Kamiya, this old Twitter shtick. Yeah. Apparently he was just constantly blocking people responding to him mm-hmm. to the point that his account got uh, deactivated for a while because it assumed like, oh, there's some bot shit going on here. I uh, was just like, no, just when you're a try hard on Twitter like that mm-hmm. in a situation that's uh, very uh, emotional like this, the way people react to it, mm. he's just not doing nothing to make things better here mm-hmm. to be an asshole. If that's what you want to be, sure, but you got to also know when to uh, turn off the gimmick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he doesn't seem to want to, so. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to comment either. Yeah. Yeah, his comment is just literally antagonizing people. Mm-hmm. Which probably didn't help uh, calm people down so much so that Platinum had to put out a statement after all this came out, basically saying, like, oh, let's calm down, stop you know, fucking harassing people that haven't done anything wrong here. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody deserves that. Uh, so, yeah. Like, in any case, we'll always take the side of the workers because they have 
less of a position of power to negotiate. This seems like yeah. a, another example why uh, companies need to, you know, be better about negotiating that stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of companies that want to be better, I guess mm-hmm. uh, Konami decided that hey, we should maybe do some new Silent Hill stuff after uh, they've been shitting on people for the last eight years. Yeah, uh, ever since they canceled Silent Hills and. Mm-hmm. Deactivated PT from people's accounts. Yeah, so they couldn't play it anymore if they didn't have it downloaded. Mm-hmm. He said, "Hey, what if we what if we make new stuff?" Mm-hmm. That seems like what they did. They have they announced I think four games here. Uh, just going all in on it. Uh, the biggest one is a Silent Hill Two remake. Yeah, uh, from Bluebird Team. Oh yeah, uh, for PS5 and PC. Mm-hmm. For the moment, I think it potentially has like a year exclusivity mm-hmm. to it. Uh, yeah, so that'll probably come to Xbox uh, at a later date next year or whenever. This doesn't even have a date. None of these have dates mm. to them. So that's who knows when any of these could be coming out. Uh, but yeah, this one's a remake of the most popular title in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silent Hill 2, a PS2 title. Mm. Uh, still featuring... Oh, what's his name? Uh, I didn't even mention the character's name. I think it's James something. Yeah. Uh, he comes back to uh, Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, searching for his daughter, I think. Mm. Or having received a letter from his deceased wife, James heads to where they shared so many memories in the hope of seeing her one more time at Silent Hill. There by the lake, he finds a woman eerily similar to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, get a lot of uh, creepy and fucked up shit going on. Oh yeah, and uh, it's still like in top my top ten scariest games ever made. It is there are parts of that game even years later that are still genuinely unsettling. Yeah. Um, Pyramid Head is just one of them, and then you find out that there's two of them, <laughs> and yeah, just. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff in that game. Um, I'm actually surprised it's taken them this long to try and remake it, because the original, like, OG release, man, those controls were awful. Um, It had really awful, like, tank controls, like a lot of those old survival horror games did back then. Yeah. But it was still good. Yeah, it's uh, a game that probably is ripe for an upgrade of some kind. I'd also say the first would probably be a good one to do, but you know, Konami's coming in here on their first try and don't have the internal uh, setup to do this stuff like Capcom does. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the the big issue they have. So they've you know partnered with external studios here. All the way. So there's Silent Hill 2. Uh, they announced Silent Hill Ascension. Uh, that is their interactive streaming series uh, with, uh, was it, Genvid, Behavior Interactive, Bad Robot Games, and DJ2 Entertainment in partnership with Konami. Announced this, which seems like a, I don't know, there's not really too much uh, in the way of details on this thing. But it seems like very much uh, some sort of maybe episodic thing. You're making decisions and all that kind of stuff to it. Uh, but yeah, there's not really any details here. Just some yeah. teaser stuff uh, for the most part. Uh, but that could be neat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no platforms or dates or anything mm. for that. Uh, then they talked about Silent Hill Downfall. Mm-hmm which is probably the most interesting one here because it is a publishing partnership with Annapurna Interactive mm-hmm. uh, with the developer being No Code, who made Stories Untold and Observation. Mm-hmm. Uh, announced this game, which if you know that game, how that works, uh, that could yeah. be a pretty neat sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, again, no real details on what sort of game to expect here. 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, set in Silent Hill of some kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it's like observation, it's a lot of you know moving around the cameras is like an AI that's uh, mm-hmm. up, you know messing with stuff to do mm-hmm. things. Uh, that one you're on like a big spaceship mm-hmm. kind of thing. So who knows what that is? Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one is sort of their their big finale is Silent Hill F. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's pretty different from what you would expect. Uh, so Konami partnership with uh, Taiwanese developer Neo Bards Entertainment mm. uh, for this is being written by Ryukishi 07, who uh, yeah. people know as a guy that's written a lot of psychological horrors type stuff set in the same setting that uh, this is in, which is like 1960s Japan. The, he is the guy behind Higurashi, the Higurashi series, or the When They Cry series. So Higurashi, When They Cry, Unimeko, When They Cry, that whole series of them and they're all famously uh very creepy <laughs> yeah yeah as yeah, so that seems like a a great little thing to do uh for mm. uh, this game for the series it's like be the f- first one set outside of silent hill or they just imply somehow this like actually has actual like cg for a thing mm-hmm so it might be further along than the other two that we just talked about. Mm. Uh, but also, who knows? Uh, also, the producer on this is uh, noteworthy uh, Motoi Okamoto, mm-hmm. uh, who worked on... Uh, yeah, let me double-check what he worked on. He worked at Nintendo mm-hmm. uh, pretty recently. Uh, yeah, he worked on... He was director on We Play, mm-hmm. uh, training director on We Fit, mm-hmm. uh, director on the mini games for New Super Mario Brothers on the DS, uh, and mini game director for, for Super Mario. Uh, he's also mm-hmm. a producer on Silent Hill Two Remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's like done scripting for Pikmin games and some other stuff for Luigi's Mansion and Wind Waker. And it's like mm-hmm. going from that to Silent Hill. That's weird. But there's some of these devs in Japan that are like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, this, the, this, the original Silent Hill guy went on to make the, the Gravity Rush games for Sony. Mm-hmm. Which is like, those are very different from Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, being like open world-ish kind of games. So that one looks neat. Promising has a, a weird blend of talent that mm-hmm. a very specific audience of people uh, are immediately excited and Probably others will be by the time this comes out. Mm. Yeah, they've announced all of the Silent Hill. So, you know, um, happy for all the fans of that. Um, mm. I have nothing to say. And that's because if I was playing the game, I'd still have nothing to say. I'd probably probably be scared shitless because that's just uh, what that series does. But mm. um, yeah, hopefully they're all enjoyable. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I've probably not been able to play any of them for more than like 20 or 30 minutes. Mm. Uh, so that's fine with me. Uh, let's see. The Resident Evil decided to have a showcase as well. Yep. Like, here's what happens if you manage a, a horror series well for, mm-hmm. you know, going on uh, 25 years at this point, about. Mm. Uh, first up, Resident Evil Village uh, DLC. They have the, the Winter's Expansion is sort of the, the final big DLC for Village, mm-hmm. uh, which features... Uh, Rose Winters, uh, Ethan's daughter that he's trying to get in Village. Mm. Uh, this is her uh, having grown up a good bit, mm. uh, which you, I believe, see near the end of the game. Mm. Uh, so uh, with this, they have a new demo, a 60-minute demo that features uh, one of the big parts of that expansion, the third-person mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can play it in third-person instead of first-person, like 7 and 8 were. Mhm. Uh, so that'll be uh, a good way to check it out. Uh, mm. Demo's out now. Yep. I don't know that there is a expiration date, but the the expansion's out the twenty eighth, so probably mm. sometime by then. So grab that demo now uh, while you can. Mm. Uh, so there's that. Uh, next up, they talked about Resident Evil Reverse. 
mm-hmm. which is the multiplayer thing that was supposed to be out a while ago for Village. Mm-hmm. Considering we're about a year and a half out from it, and it's still not out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they did announce that that will be coming out, I think, the 28th. So alongside the DLC, it's free if you uh, have a copy of Resident Evil Village. Uh, but they will also have a cross-play early access beta mm. uh, starting on the 23rd to the 25th. Mm. Uh, so you can check it out early. Let's see if that's uh, a multiplayer thing that is worth playing or like most of the other Resident Evil multiplayer things, which is mm-hmm. you play it once and you're like, oh, okay. Never play it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, which would be unfortunate for them because they have a big uh, roadmap for this, including you know multiple battle passes, uh, seasons, and adding new survivors and costumes and all that kind of stuff to unlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the one that includes a bunch of the iconic characters from the series past. Mm-hmm. And enemies and all that kind of stuff as well, so that could be neat, but yeah, if you have a copy of Village, you can check it out early before it is out officially, I think it's Friday. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but then we also got dates for all those cloud versions of the recent Resident Evil games on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Resident Evil 2 Cloud will be November 11th. Resident Evil 3 Cloud will be November 18th. Resident Evil 7 Biohazard Cloud will be December 16th. Mm. I think Village is also supposed to be coming at some point. I forget if they yeah. actually announced that or not, but mm. you can play those on the Switch if you somehow want to. Mm-hmm. As a cloud game, is that still the thing? Uh-huh. Uh, then they cast kept off this showcase with Resident Evil Four, uh, the remake that uh, seems to look great. Mm-hmm. Uh, from everything they've shown, they have uh, astonishingly great. Yeah, they've fixed the whole thing where Ashley looks like she is on, you know, summer vacation and got kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, which maybe I, I didn't think about this until yesterday. Is like maybe she was influenced by like the the Bush daughters mm-hmm. that would have been around at this time, who were mm-hmm. college girls that partied a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's what Ashley looks like, uh, but now she is like dressed appropriately. Mm-hmm. Uh, still has a, a short skirt, but other than that, she doesn't look as mm. as weird as uh, they did. Uh, yeah, there's Ada Wong, which I've seen people like, why is she Asian? It's like, what? Uh, did, did the last name completely escape you? <laughs> yeah, it's like, she's always been Asian, but I, I guess it's maybe not as obvious in like PS1 character models stuff, but I'd imagine if you look in manuals and all that i mean you could they could barely draw faces in the old games like yeah but there's enough lore in those with the the manual and all that that yeah you're able to figure like oh yeah she's like a a super agent that gets called in to to do the dirty work yeah i think she's originally from like hong kong or something um yeah maybe but uh but yeah it's, it's right there in the name dude yeah but uh, yeah, next thing you're gonna find out that Chun Li is Chinese. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Let's see what else here. They have the the Adesche case is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the thing you gotta organize specifically. Uh, mm-hmm. They they've upgraded a number of things about the gameplay while keeping things from the original, like you know, kind of stunning people and doing the the roundhouse kick mm-hmm. that Leon does. The the ridiculous way that he jumps out of windows out of buildings. Mm. Uh, like he's an action movie star, mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of that kind of stuff, and they also very much go in on the gameplay footage they showed with the uh, the chainsaw dude mm-hmm. that chases you around. As there's like one bit where he uses his gun to block it, mm-hmm. it's like oh that's not going to go well for you. Yeah, and there's some other stuff that people are mad about uh, the. The early bit where you find a dog or a wolf mm-hmm. in a bear trap uh, that's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you arrive, it's too late. They're dead. So mm-hmm. people are mad that the dog is dead. So yeah, good job, Capcom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of other stuff here. Definitely recommend looking at the the gameplay showcase. Uh, it does a pretty good job of showing 
off a lot of that, and they definitely go in on the making it more of a creepier, scarier game because the original. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the was, the original had its creepy moments, but it was very much more of an action adventure game. Yeah, it's lost a lot of that, uh, especially when you're, you know, jumping out of windows and doing weird shit all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here, like they shut off one of the. The early moments when you run into the the Granados, where the there's a dude that has a broken neck for some reason, mm-hmm. and he's just got his head pointed sideways, just chasing after you, and it's like, all right, this this is some fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Salazar is still in there, probably not as weird and goofy as he looks in the mm-hmm. original, where he's just kind of uh, a little weirdo. Yeah, yeah, they do have a screenshot of. Salazar, and he definitely doesn't look as weird. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there you go. That the game looks really good. That's out, I think, March twenty fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the Playstations, or no, yeah, PS five, PS four, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. Mm-hmm. I think the PS four version is the new one. That's probably because they want to get uh, people on PS four to check it out as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Xbox One market is probably not as big of a deal for them. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's like a free upgrade there. So, hey, companies, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bandai Namco. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else we have here? Yeah, Falcom, NISA, you could do that as well. Yeah. Uh, Atlas, Sega, you could do that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. That is uh, the Resident Evil Showcase. Seemed pretty good. Mm-hmm. Nothing really huge, because I don't think they were promising any of that, but mm-hmm. using it to hype up their... Big Resident Evil 4 remake. Yeah. It kind of has people like, well, what's next? They go to 5 or they go back to Resident Evil 1 and redo it in the same style that mm-hmm. 2 and 3 have. It's like, that probably worked pretty well. Yep. And they'd love to sell people another version of Resident Evil 1. Because mm-hmm. uh, now there's two of those on the PS5 and PS4. Mm. Uh, the PS1 version and the, uh, the GameCube remake. Mm-hmm. Maybe they go to Code Veronica or Resident Evil Zero, the games yeah. that fall outside of the the mainstream uh, popular titles, mm-hmm. which could do with some uh, uh, rebirth, mm-hmm. uh, remake stuff. So yeah, there you go. Mm. Uh, and that will do it for this week. So yeah, thank you to Brandon Danner for joining this week. Ollie, uh, we'll be back next week with a new slate of news and. Uh, yeah, if you enjoy the show, feel free to tell friends and family to check us out. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you all next week. And uh, yeah. have a good one.